Hey everyone, welcome back to Boba in a Movie. It is your co-host, Kaden. And your other co-host, Mayana. And thank you for joining us again. Apologies again for how long it has been, but life has just been so crazy this past month. It was midterm season, spring break. It has been wild. Yeah, um... You said it was crazy. I'll I'll put it bluntly for me. It sucked. Life sucked for the last month. Um, yeah, midterms. College is hard. Um, college is very, very hard. College is so hard. And, like, I thought I knew that coming in. No, it breaks down your spirit. I mean, we love higher education. <laughs> no, if you want to... <laughs> Yes. And, like, I don't know about it for you, but college is not hard for me because of all the coursework. Like, for some reason, like, the coursework, especially compared to high school, does not feel as... There's not as much of it. But the coursework in college just feels more stressful, even though there's not as much of it. Does that even make sense? And I feel like college is mentally draining. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, if you look at what the work I do objectively it's like why the fuck are you complaining because it's not even Mm -hmm. that bad but my spirit and will and motivation is just so broken recently that it just like it's hard it's very hard but yeah we're gonna stop being negative for like two seconds what else has happened we are both half vaccinated we are both half vaccinated wait I did not know you were half vaccinated but I got vaccinated on Tuesday Oh yeah, very exciting. Rachel just got vaccinated. It was either yesterday or today. I opened her snap yeah, this yeah. morning. I think it was today. I'm not positive though. But yeah, more and more people are getting vaccinated slash half vaccinated. It's very exciting. I'm so excited. Please get vaccinated. Please. If you're, if you're over 16, you can get vaccinated in the state of Texas. Please do it. For the love of God, I'm begging. <laughs> I'm on my knees. Oh, I love the movie theater. <laughs> Please. Speaking of which, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, the way I have to go to the movie theater to watch it. Dirty. I mean, technically, if we're talking technicalities, you did have a month on HBO Max. But, but like, we didn't decide this whole ordeal until literally the day after. Because if we're being honest, I, I'm not sure how confident I was that it was going to get nominated while it was on its HBO Max run, and now it's nominated, and now we have to talk about it, so... We do. <sighs> and now I have to go to the movie theaters, half-vaccinated. <laughs> it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> at, least it, at least it's better than, like, no vaccination. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but if nobody knows what we're talking about, um, the uh, Oscar nominations came out Two last weeks? Monday? I think it was two weeks ago, three weeks, two or three weeks ago. Two? I don't think it was three weeks ago. Okay, let's go with two. Time doesn't exist in college. It's just... Yeah, it doesn't. But yeah, and so now this week, what are we, four weeks away from the Oscars now? And We are. um, We are four weeks We are. And so we are doing the... Uh, what is it? What are we going to call this? The Oscar nomination segment where we every week we watch two movies nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars and we 
discuss our opinions and digest everything about it. Yes, and then when we get further down, we can like start ranking them, which will be fun. Like which ones? Mm-hmm. I I don't feel like it's fair to rank start ranking them now because we only have two oh. down. Um, but yeah, we are only doing best picture. Obviously, there are more movies that were nominated for things, um, and had many mo- many nominations, but we're not going to be watching them because we have no time honestly asking us to watch like two movies a week is already like pushing pushing the boundary just a little bit watching the the one movie a week we were gonna do for the podcast was already pushing it (laughs) what makes us think we can do two consistently (laughs) (laughs) it's okay Um, it's okay we'll be fine but before we hop in let's talk briefly about our weekly slash monthly obsession because it's been a few weeks it's been a few weeks why don't you go first me okay so my monthly obsession um is a re-obsession because i liked it at first and then i just kind of dipped off but recently like there's some sort of correlation like the sadder i get the more into this i get and that's um the k-pop group twice um (laughs) i'm obsessed with them i think they're fabulous i think they deserve all the love in the world um i don't really know what it is usually when i eat um because i don't want to dedicate myself to a tv show since i finished new girl i will literally just throw on like twice fan cams and like watch them while i eat like a fucking weirdo but (laughs) um yeah that's it my bias is sauna. Of course. For the queers. Of course. But I mean, queers. as they deserve. They deserve the entire world. I, I absolutely adore Twice. That's it. Um, my weekly obsession uh, is going to have to be Lil Nas X's new single, Call Me By Your Name. Let's go. It's just... <laughs> he's been hinting at this single, which I'm not a big Lil Nas like, fan of like his, like, music you know especially because i have such resentment to old town road i i have a lot of things like (laughs) no we're not going to but um uh and but so he had been hinting at the single for like i'm pretty sure over a year like i'm pretty sure he was talking about call me by your name since before like covid came to america and so it's been a really long time uh, and then he dropped it, and him dropping it was not what caught my attention. It was his the music video, like purely the music video. If you need a reason to get into Lil Nas X, go watch the music video. It's ungodly amazing. I am obsessed with the how dramatic it is, how um, unnecessarily amazing and cinematic it, ha- it he is. I adore it. And then, like, when you actually listen to it, it's a bop. It's actually, like, a genuinely good song. It's a good song. Um, But the music video just giving Satan a lap dance after um, pole dancing all the way to hell is... There's something beautiful about that. There's something so, so beautiful about that entire scenery that I could not... Like, I just, I can't imagine myself not obsessing over it. Period, period. I love how, I don't know, I like how everyone's kind of mad at it. Not everyone, you know what I mean. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love, I love, 
And I think that riles up them conservatives. It just ooh, makes me so yeah. happy. Yeah! Yeah! It just, makes, <laughs> it just makes me so happy. Oh, so is it time to delve right in? Yes, I guess we'll delve right in. We'll start with our first film, the one that we were actually supposed to watch this week. Because the other one we were supposed to watch this week was Judas, and then they said, you have to go to a theater. So um, we were originally going to do Judas and Trial together, which I feel like would have been amazing, like, companion-wise. But that's not, so good. that's not how things worked out. So, but... We'll talk about Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, it is currently... I have my list pulled up. I'm very... not. I'm not prepared, but... <laughs> um, Trial of the Chicago 7 is nominated for six Oscars, and they are original screenplay, actor in a supporting role for Sacha Baron Cohen, film editing, cinematography, original song... <laughs> Um, and of course, Best Picture. Was that all of them? We'll say that's all of them. And it is a court drama. It's about the true story of the trial of the Chicago 7. I don't know what else. There's not a really deep synopsis to go into. No. We'll do, we'll do spoiler-free thoughts first. So, Kaden, how did you feel about Trial of the Chicago 7? Um... As a movie, it's when it started, I was I was like, this is definitely, this feels like a Netflix film. Even though it was not, like, it's not like a Netflix film at all. Like, they completely shot it in everything with um, the intention of it being distributed by, like, like, Paramount or something like that. Like, something else. And then, like, because of the pandemic, it was like, they had to... Netflix had to pick it up to distribute it out. Um, but even then, even as soon as it started, I was like, this is a Netflix film. Like, it just feels very, like, um, Netflix-esque with their whole, uh, everything that they're doing with, um, like, When They See Us or um, any other of those historical movies or series and stuff like that. So as a movie, I... It was good. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, but I think I enjoyed it so much because of the conversations and the story it was telling more than the movie itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 100% agree with you. I think that most of like my positive feelings towards it comes from the subject matter itself and mm-hmm. from like the conversations that it can spark and, like, you know... Um, but if we're talking, if we're talking objectively from a movie position, mm, it's mm. it's fine. I wouldn't say it feels, you know what? Like, not talking about the subject matter, like the way it was written and the way it was shot, it feels so Oscar baity. Mm-hmm. That's literally. Do you get? Yes, do you feel yes. that? It just it feels yes. like okay. He was trying to win an Oscar here, but yes. Have you seen? Have you seen The Social Network? I uh, no. Oh, okay. It's been on my list to watch forever, but it's the same director, right? It's the same writer. So the writer, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the writer of the Social Network, wrote and directed Chicago Seven, and so because a lot of um, <laughs> on Letterbox, I I love the reviews that are like take a shot every time 
that one of the characters says a line that you know Aaron Sorkin like jerked himself off to after he wrote it. And I thought that was the funniest thing because that's how, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's how I feel that he's written. I've only seen Social Network and Chicago 7 by him. But I feel like his writing style works in Social Network because I feel like that's exactly how Mark Zuckerberg would talk. I, like, you know, in that very like pretentious like sort of way. But here, everybody talks like that. So it just yeah. feels weird. <laughs> like, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because it works with, I don't know the actor's name, but the character, I do know the actor's name, but it's slipping my brain, but the character Hayden. Oh, um, Eddie Redmayne. Yes. God, I knew it was Ed, but I didn't know the, his, the rest of the name. Uh, it fit him in his character. Mm-hmm. Only, like, I don't know why. Maybe my brain's, like, British. Maybe my brain's, <laughs> like, so, like, prim proper, you know, very, uh, how that writing would fit. But um, when you say that now, and I'm, like, thinking about all the characters, it, like, you're, like, absolutely correct. It fits nobody else. <laughs> I think that's good enough for spoiler free. So let's let's talk about the little details. Um, my favorite scenes by far were the scenes of the riot. That's super fair. And obviously because like, you know, that subject is like very relevant mm-hmm. to our times right now. But I also think that they were the most interesting in terms of filmmaking. Like the the one scene where it was like, where they were telling Hayden to take the stand, like. That he sh- he wanted to take the stand, and then their lawyer I know was like, yes. "Yeah," and their uh-huh. and their lawyer was like, "You can't take the stand because they have you on tape, like inciting the riot." And it was like flashing back. Oh, that scene was so good. That scene was I, so good. That was so. I had to watch this um, in like two parts because I had to go to work. I like started it and then I had to go to work and I had to come back and finish it. And it was in the middle of that. Oh, I like my God. came back to finish that scene. It was so stressful. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else I loved about that scene? I love how it wasn't just flashing back between the riot and then the tape. It was also flashing between um, Sasha Baron Cohen's character's like comedy routine. I don't know why. Like adding that third yes, perspective yes, yes. for me, I... like really like caked it up. I don't know why. I loved that they included, I think that was probably one of my favorite things, is they included his stand-up. Yeah. Like, the, his commentary in his stand-up. Yeah, it, it, was, it was incredible. It was great. I loved his character until he got serious. Does that, is that fair to say? Like, I, I loved his character until his scene when he got on the stand, because that's when a lot of, like, the, the dialogue, like, uh, anyways... Yeah. 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 That's yeah. when I that's when I started to lose him for me. But he he is the only actor nominated for as okay, thing. good. I, as he should because as he should. That's the best character. Correct. Yeah. He is the yeah. best character. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um I was uh talking to you about this um but talking about the riot scenes and everything um the scene, I mean, they showed it, like, two or three times, which I found interesting. 
because it was almost redundant, but at the same time, I adored it only because of how relevant it is to nowadays. Um, but the scene where it shows the cops taking off their name tags and badges and like yeah. hiding it so they like can't put it on like anyone's like recording or they can't name them or anything. Um, that I like fully cried. Like the first time they showed it, like full tears. Um, and not because it was some cinemat- cinematic beauty or like this like jaw dropping moment. It was just so relevant to what we saw in the 20, like 2020 summer, you know, yeah. um, the countless stories of cops like uh, covering their names or their badges um, so nobody could identify them is like so and that's what's like so funny is that he started writing I was doing a lot of research about when every like when the process of making this movie started um oh yeah because I really I wanted to know if there was a connection to like this past summer in BLM um but he started writing the movie in 07 and like yeah 2007 um and then it was like entirely filmed in like 2018 or something like that, like 2017, 2018. So before 2020, um, but the intention of the movie was to be so, especially the first half of the movie was to be so indirectly about racism, especially with the inclusion of Steel and the uh, Black Panthers and that whole situation. That that I mean, obviously that was directly racism, but like the whole of the movie was supposed to be kind of indirectly about racism, but then the timing of the release, like it mm-hmm. being released late, like 2020 after, um, or even in like, cause it was what September that it was released, like October. So it was like right at the end of the cusp of like George, like the huge, like George Floyd protests and everything like it makes the movie inherently rape, like about racism, mm-hmm. just within the context of where we are in society. Um, be like you know, because like the movie itself isn't necessarily inherently about racism, but the context and where we are and what the conversations we're having, the legislation that's being passed, the um, power switch within our presidencies. Um, it makes this movie about racism yeah and i even remember telling you before i had watched it i was like oh yeah this one's about race but then i would like watched it and i was like wait not really but also yes so yeah yeah like it's not directly Um, about race but because of context and because of everything yes it's just it's so crazy how because you know the whole thing of like um that like that saying where it's like art imitates life Mm -hmm. um and how he started writing this movie over a decade ago like 13 14 years ago and it's just being released and it's probably one of like one of the most like relevant times for it to be released you know yes um and so it's very um doing of that whole like art imitates life this idea that um it's literally just a reflection of what we're experiencing outside of the screen um but that's 
obviously not necessarily about the movie, but about what it's talking about. Um, yes. And again, like, that was the best part to both of us. Mm-hmm. Was, like, the subject and everything. Um, I... <laughs> what did you think about the ending? Like, not the general ending, like the actual ending scene. What did you think about it? I'm not gonna lie, I didn't like it. Like, okay. I'm just... I didn't it like felt, it. <laughs> it was so... I mean, first off, expected. Like, it was yeah. happening, and I was like, of course. Like, the, this is exactly how you would expect a movie like this to end. Um, and secondly, I when it was ending, I was like, this is such a white savior complex kind of mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Especially with how it ended. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so... It's, especially with the inclusion of, like, what happened to Steel... Um, and there was such emphasis on what the white man did for Steel. Yeah, like the um, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, the lawyer. Yeah. Like, let him go, and we're like, okay. No, but the actual ending where Eddie Redmayne, like, stands up, and he, like, stands there, and he reads oh all these God. names. And I just kept thinking of, um, I don't, you weren't on Tumblr, like, with the Tumblr peak, but there was like this whole thing where people would tell fake stories and they always ended with, and everyone clapped. And that's exactly how I felt. I was like, this is an, an everyone clapped moment. And they literally, they ended it on an, an everyone clapped moment. And I was like, what, what possessed you to make this decision? It's just like, like it's, it was building up all this momentum of like, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Like, the subject and the conversations were going, and they were going well, and then it ends with, like, this, like, weird, like, cheesy, fake, feel-good moment with, like, and it's an everyone-clapped moment. Yeah. 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 Like... Also, it felt like, um, uh, Abby, the... Yes. Yes, the character that went on stand. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like that was the climax. You know, it felt like everything was leading up to one of the defendants going onto the stand mm-hmm. to talk. You know, mm-hmm. um, everything was building up to that because it was just constant after constant after constant. And then that moment, everything finally started to like come down a little bit. Everything, the tension was no longer there after that. But it was like, after that moment, there was, like, 15 minutes left, and at yeah. least five minutes of that was people clapping. <laughs> um, I would say that was the poorest decision um, of the whole thing, was ending the movie on that right after this, like, big suspenseful moment. But overall... What an interesting movie. Yeah, it was interesting. I don't think... It's as bad as I originally thought it was going to be. I had heard that it was, like, the least deserving of the nominees. That's what I had heard. Um, And of the few I've watched, is it really? I don't even think it is of the few that I've seen. It's tied with another one in my mind. But keep in mind, I've only watched, like, half of them. Um, Oh, so we've got a while to go. Yeah, but I'm saving the ones that I feel like I'm going to like the most. 
Joker. But with the exception of one, because I've been putting it off for so long, I don't want to watch it. I like really, really, really don't want to watch it. I think I know which one it is. I'm, I'm dreading it. I'm actually dreading my time, which sucks because I don't want to dread it, but I am dreading it. We'll do it next week. Fuck. I mean, I guess so. <laughs> Might as well just get it over with as soon as is possible. It, uh, is it uh, the title four letters long? Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks because I love him. I love that director so much, but I am dreading watching this. That's okay. It's okay. Well, you'll power through it. It'll be great. <sighs> we'll do it. Okay. We're going to wrap up trial now. Final rating out of five. I think we have the same rating. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we give it three and a half out of five. A little more than the middle. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely worth watching one time. Just to Absolutely. get the idea of like what it's talking about. But as a movie, don't watch it again. No. I don't think I'll, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever watch it again. It's, it's too... I don't like court movies that much. I can get behind a court movie, but you like... This one was interesting. Yeah, but I do think everyone should watch it at least once. Mm-hmm. 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 Especially for its relevance and such and whatever. All right, movie number two. Um, you said come prepared to argue. I did not come prepared to argue. So um, okay, just, well we don't I, so have just simply to argue cry. about this because I have really? I have a good a lot of good things to say about the movie. Okay, that's that's I am pleasantly surprised, everyone. <laughs> I thought I was fully gonna have to like defend myself, and I was not prepared to defend myself. So absolutely not. No, um, the movie, the second movie we'll be discussing is Promising Young Woman. Yes, Promising um, Young Woman. Um, it has five nominations. It is nominated for. I really need to get my shit together. Um, oh, it it's actually okay. Before we recorded, I said it's up against trial for editing. It is also against trial in original screenplay, so we can talk about comparing screenplays as well. Interesting. So it's up for original screenplay, film editing, and lead actress, Miss Carrie Mulligan, directing, and best picture. Interesting. Interesting. That that sounds like a very hesitant interesting. <laughs> Which um, you what's so funny is I have I made a notes because I had a I have like a notes of um, how I felt about the movie while I was watching it like live reactions and um, my first note that I have on here is Bo Burnham. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Just Bo Burnham. Um, let the record show that I was not attracted to Bo Burnham until this movie. That's so fair. They're like, I remember making okay. like clowning you. You were I clowning me, and then you watched it. it, and then you watched it, and then you're like, okay, wait, I kind of understand now. I kind of get it. <laughs> um, Please, he's so, so attractive. spoiler-free, how do we feel? Um, okay. So when I first watched this back in, I believe, January, I loved it. I adored it. I worshipped the ground it walked on. But as time passed and I've read more of the controversy and how, like, seeing both sides, it's dipped a little bit um, because, I mean, it's dipped not in a way like, oh, I think I don't like it as much anymore. I still love the movie, but um, 
putting it into perspective for me really like changed um how i felt and i mean did it change how i felt i don't know but i i think have we mentioned it on this podcast before um how like the discussions around this movie i feel are so like needed and like the choices that were made specifically you know the big choice um i feel like that conversation is necessary so i don't oh that's what i'm trying to say i don't blindly love the movie i recognize where it might fall for some people for a lot of people um but i really like it all right now you go um i have a lot of mixed emotions about the movie Mm-hmm. Um, not only the, like, message and the conversation it's having, but also a, as a movie, you know? Um, because they did a lot of, uh, interesting, uh, they made a lot of interesting choices on how to film and edit the movie. Okay. Um, that... At times, I loved a lot, and then at times, I kind of was like, oh. But the conversation that it's having, I feel like there is, um, like you said, a lot of importance into what, like, the conversation especially. um, I mean, I don't necessarily like the conversation of rape revenge Mm -hmm. um, in this way, in this context of the movie. Um... But the every other conversation it has about women and rape in the movie um, is so necessary, obviously, you know. Um, and so I have a lot of uh, mixed feelings about um, where I would rate this movie. Very fair. I I understand. Wait, what do you mean, like, editing choices? Like, what specifically? I, it was so, it was, like, the way that conversations were, like, the, were cut in the way that, um, some camera angles were placed in, uh, some specific scenes, like, in the beginning, literally right under my first bullet of Bo Burnham, I said, I... Oh, I, in all caps, hate these camera angles. Um, Was it the shots of, like, the guy's crotches and shit? Like, in the beginning? No, it was not that. It was, like, it was probably when, like, someone was walking or something. I literally have under it the, like, same vibes as Mean Girls. Like, it (laughs) gave me the same, like, the way it was shot was the very same way I would expect, like, a teen teen rom-com to be. Um, and what's super funny is I have this picture, um, literally right after I made that note of her pulling up to that, um, oh, I'm not going to say spoiler warning. We're just going to dive right into spoilers. Oh, Um, damn. Okay. (laughs) I have, uh, this picture of her pulling up to that, the deans of the college that she Mm -hmm. dropped out of her daughter and her daughter was wearing yellow plaid. Yeah. 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 I remember that. And I laughed so hard because I was like, because I was like my brain i was like mean girls and i was thinking um clueless like those kinds of and then she showed up in that yellow plaid and i died i was like this is just the icing on the cake that this is just a team wrong <laughs> team rom-com um 
clearly it's not. Um, but it was stuff like that. But then, like, later, like, once the movie got further and further, I started to appreciate more of the, um, the editing choices that they made. And I started seeing, like, the purposes of it. In the beginning, it felt, um, obviously purposeful, but it felt very unnecessary, some of the choices they were making. But as the movie progressed, it made more sense as to why they were making those choices. Um, and so, as I said, um, I do have a lot of positive things to say because, like, I remember, um, like, a lot of the scenes with Bo Burnham in it, I specifically remember being like, I really like the way that this is, like, I really love the way, the way they framed this, the way that, you know, um, uh, like, their, <laughs> the one scene that I have written down is their um, kissing scene, um, that I I literally have pretty kissing scene blue square in the back. It was just very <laughs> made me feel very good. The scene I was just like I like the way that this looks. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic, and um, I mean I know what I want to say about it. Like what I love about it before we get to like the big controversial part. So, but I don't know how to segue like properly. But I'm bad at carrying conversations but anyways um i like how so obviously it is a form of rape revenge film but i kind of like how there's a little rom-com sandwiched in between you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah it starts off and it goes so hard but then obviously we hate bo burnham's character but like before we hated him um, there was a cute little rom-com in the middle. <laughs> there was. Um, I love the scene when they're dancing in the, the grocery store. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with that. that that's a Paris Hilton song. Yes, that's where I was like, I'm falling for Popana. <laughs> Stop it. And then it turns out he's kind of garbage, but anyways. No, I definitely started seeing it when he said, oh, shut up, you stupid bitch, and take the compliment. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's when I started seeing why you um, were into Bo Burnham. Oh! <gasps> Not me being kink-shamed on the podcast. No, I'm saying that that was, like, I started seeing it when he said that. Oh, you started seeing it. Like, I started understanding Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm. Anyways, I love Bo Burnham. I think he's great. Um, but I was never, like, attracted, attracted to him until this movie, which is yeah. unfortunate. I have to live with this knowledge that I find Bo Burnham attractive. Yeah, you do. I, okay, I come up. I have another I, thing that I like. Oh, wait, what? No, I really enjoyed the humor. The oh, yes. It was funny. It was amazing. It was fun. It was... Okay, if you, like... Obviously, you can't strip away, like, the message. But if you could, <laughs> it's a funny, entertaining movie. Yeah. If you were just passively watching movies... Yeah. Um, it would be It would be great. It's, it's entertaining. Very. It's, it's just truly entertaining. I remember I told you that because I was worried you weren't going to like it. And I was like... At the very least, you're going to be entertained. (laughs) (laughs) Were you entertained? I was. A lot. Especially the build-up in the rom-com. 
before they were got together, like that whole yeah, their whole like spit in my coffee. That for some reason they just that dynamic made me laugh really hard. I know I love the spit in my coffee. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> not as not as romanticizing spitting in each other's coffee. I mean, mm mm interesting. Someone else's spit. Ah, that was a joke. That was a joke. Uh... Or okay. was it? It it definitely was a joke. If you're gonna kink shame me for something, at least kink shame me for something that I actually have. Oh, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna talk about something else that I really love, and it's gonna segue into the big conversation. Mm-hmm. So here we go. So I feel like everyone kind of has a set of expectations for revenge movies. And from the beginning, Promising Young Woman, like, sort of, like, starts to undo them. And they're they're small. So, like, at first you think, like, she kills the guys. Turns out she doesn't. And then, like, little things like that. Like, and usually with specifically rape revenge, it's, like, the main character is usually the one who got assaulted. Um, and then, like, this is different. She's doing it for her friend, blah, 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 blah. And there's, like these little, little twists of undoing until the huge one at the end. And I like how it wasn't so sudden. I feel like I would have liked the movie way less if it was so sudden like that. But because from the beginning, um, they've established that this is not going to be like your typical rape revenge revenge movie. I was more accepting of it. So let's talk about it now that we're here. I'm I'm not I don't know how to feel about the ending and that's why I don't know how to feel about the idea of it being rape revenge. Um because I really enjoyed everything that she did before that. Mm-hmm. Like any acts like you know like how there was like what five they put like five things that she did and with the idea of rape revenge, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I was very obsessed with all of that because each one had a different conversation to be said, a different way of looking at women and um, sexual assault and rape. Mm-hmm. Um, and how a lot of times um, it's not like just the, like, it's not just the assaulter that's at fault. It's the people that enable it and, like, the systems that are in place. It was very good in that respect of not being, like... Because movies like this are so often get blasted as, like, man-hating movies. But this movie was so, like, thorough in its, like, exploration of the systems and how bystanders have a huge part in it and such and such. So that's why the end feels so, like, question mark, question mark, question mark. That's exactly how it feels. I, but I won't lie, though. Like, as a movie, like, as a movie, it was so good in the way that when she was being suffocated to death, I was sweating. I was like, this is not happening. I was like... I was in so much shock. Like, the shock factor was there. Um, So, like, as a movie, like, that was amazing. But as 
like a conversation to be had. Like, I don't know how to feel about it. It's so difficult because when you look at it in a way, you're like, this happens. Like, women die. And, like, it's it's a very, like, realistic look. But at the same time, it's like, hello. And I read an, a review a long time ago, uh, back when I first watched it, that really, like, like, this, this is where I see it. It's like, the whole movie, they're talking about how the system failed. Oh my god, what's her friend's name? Nina. Nina. How the system failed Nina, and in the end, it was the police that really solved it. Or really brought justice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at the end, it was... Like, I guess in some way, like, Cassie orchestrated it, yes. But... And and when you like when you think about it because it's in this way of like oh the police got him like is justice really going to be served to him knowing what we know so in that regard it's very like it it's unsatisfying in that way but then again that's also sadly unfortunately realistic yeah um Random side note, it was so funny. The actor that played Al, um, he showed up and I I was like, I know this man from somewhere. He has been, he's in a movie and sure enough, he plays in The Help, which is, uh. if people, somebody out there that's actually listening doesn't know, The Help is one of my favorite movies, um, subjectively speaking. Um, and he plays a racist, misogynist man in that movie, too. Um, and so seeing him again play this role, I was like, this just makes sense. This just makes it. I'm just like, he shut up, and I was like, he looks like a gross frat boy that was. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Um, Precisely. Um, but that was just random side note. Uh, yes. I but this whole idea of rape revenge, and the idea of what you were talking about is a little mind-boggling for me. I'm not gonna lie; it's a little hard to. I don't want to say digest because I can easily like understand and talk about it and have an open dialogue about it. Um, but it's just the way that this was approached and the idea of her sacrificing herself. Mm-hmm. Like it makes like the idea of Nina sacrificing, not sacrificing, committing suicide because of the trauma she felt is understandable in the idea of like conversation like it is so traumatizing to be raped and sexually assaulted that women do literally kill themselves you know um but i didn't know like what like what i shouldn't say what because i was gonna say what were the intentions but the intentions are clear but how is it gonna be received Mm -hmm. that she sacrificed herself in the name of her 
in, in the name of rape revenge for somebody else, you know? Um, like, how is that going to be um, perceived and understood to audiences? If, does that make sense? It makes sense. I'm just trying to figure out how to answer that. Like We don't even have to have an answer to it. Okay, that's fair. Um, it's just something that I was, like, thinking about. Because I think that's my biggest problem with the ending, is, like, how it felt the most random. It felt the most out of place. Mm-hmm. of the Out of all the entire context of Rape Revenge. Um, which, as a story and as a movie, is, like, great. Because you don't want the movie to be predictable. Um, but as a conversation about rape and victims and stuff like that, like where, where does, one, how do, how are people going to take that to, how does that benefit the actual victims of rape? Mm-hmm. Much to think about, but that's also like, again, that, that's what I like a lot about this movie is because that ending is so like you see opposite spectrums, like, complete opposites, like, how they view the ending. And because of that, there's a lot of really good dialogue going around about the movie mm-hmm. and about the ending and what that means for sexual assault survivors and those and victims and those who don't survive. It's, it's fostering dialogue, and that's great. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an interesting movie. To say the least. Yes. Um, I just want to make a quick, um, quick note that I have my last note that I have on my, in my little bullet points here, um, is the distorted toxic remake, um, of when she was walking up to the bachelor party was my favorite thing. It's so good. I I listen to that version so much. It's so good. It reminds me of, obviously it's not the same, but it reminds me of um, Denny Andreas. They did a toxic cover, didn't they? And Regan? Yes, they did. Um, Yes. It just takes me back. It takes me back. It's so good. I think Rosa was a part of that, too. Oh. Oh my goodness. Wow. There were not some old names. <laughs> they're not old, but like <laughs> <laughs> They're they're like about to graduate. No, not they're not about to graduate. They're about to be seniors. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Ah, so oh. that was anything else about promising young woman by itself? Nope. Nope rating Mm. i i think i initially put it at five stars but i think i'm lowering it to four point seven five is not a rating but we're gonna say four point seven (laughs) five um i was gonna put mine at like three point nine okay if i could do like three point nine nine i would (laughs) Not Just quite four. four. Why not say four then? <laughs> if it's 3.99. Because something about 
something in my brain is telling me no. Like, it doesn't, it's not a four. Okay. I mean... But 3.9 is just too close to trials. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Okay. um, So that was it by itself. If, since they're up against each other in two, let's compare screenplay and editing. How do we feel about... Who do you think is more deserving of the two? What do you think? For screenplay, I'm who I believe or who I think would win uh, among the two. Yes. Prediction. (laughs) You said yes. Prediction, I'm leaning more towards Chicago because Aaron Sorkin is, you know, a screenplay darling and whatever. But personally, I like Promising Young Woman's screenplay better. That's extremely fair. I was thinking the same thing. Um, I can imagine how the Academy would be suckers for um, Chicago's screenplay and the creativity, but also the lack of creativity it had um, at the same time. I think... Of the two, they would lean towards Chicago specifically because he was not nominated for directing. And I don't think it will win Best Picture. So they're like, that's where they were going to give it. So like from a... from a, But why give it anything? Because that's they just do that. They're like, well, we might as well... Usually Best Pictures, they all win something. And it might be so small, but they all win something. And I feel like screenplay is where Trial would get it. That's fair. (laughs) I mean, if it's going to get it anywhere, give it screenplay. Yeah. Well, now that I'm looking at what else is in the category, this category is kind of stacked, I'm not going to lie. It's Judas Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial. I've only seen these two. That's fair. I mean, my... But we'll have to... I mean, I'm, all of those are in... Yeah, we're going to watch well. all of them. So eventually, by the end, we'll be able to see which one we feel yeah. is the best. Um, I mean, so far of the movies I've seen, my favorite by far is Judas. That's fair. Um, but we have a few to go before I'm able to make that my... Like, true statement. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's the other one? Editing? Editing. Um... <sighs> I think I'm them... in the same boat as the other one. I feel like the Academy's gonna be a sucker for Chicago. Um... Because, like you said, this movie was meant to win an Oscar. Yeah. Um, Like, that was the goal. But I think I... I mean, outside of that Hayden scene of, like, him being put on... Or wanting to be put on stand. um, I feel like I enjoyed Promising Young Woman's a lot more. It felt more purposeful in Promising Young Woman. 
Yeah, like with the like the Roman numerals and the yeah. yeah. It felt like it had more of a purpose than Chicago's. Yeah. So yeah. But the yeah, but that that one scene in Chicago is incredible. It's amazing. That's that but I feel scene like is they're... so good. They're gonna be a sucker for all the flashbacks, the um, Abby stand up, mm-hmm. um, and all of that. Like they're going to eat it up. He set the bait, and they're just munching down they're on just, it. They're just eating it up. This is an aside, but um, I watched. So one of the movies that was nominated, because for YouTube, I'm gonna do like most of the movies ranking Mm -hmm. so i have to watch significantly more (laughs) than the podcast but i watched trial right before i watched borat which both have sasha baron cohen and they are wildly different movies i my body was going into shock (laughs) watching (laughs) borat right after chicago (laughs) it's it's an interesting movie for sure. Um, so this was part one of four of our, what are we calling it again? Oscar nomination extravaganza. Not the extravaganza. <laughs> I don't fucking know what to call it though. Best picture countdown. That sounds, there we go. All we'll right. go with it. Whoa. Okay, so that was part one of four of our Best Picture Countdown. Thank you for joining us today on this long, delayed, and super long episode. <laughs> At least we are guaranteed for having three more consecutive Yes, episodes. we will at least have a full month of con- consecutive podcast episodes. That's incredible, guys. I think we deserve a round of applause That's, just for that. I deserve I deserve a big a big ribbon. To, I deserve for a this. spring break. <laughs> but we're not gonna Yeah, talk you about do. It. I deserved um, a spring break. By the end of this, we'll be almost done with the semester though. So True. By the end of this I think by the time Hold on, really? One, two, three, four. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, by the time the last episode comes out, I'll have one week of classes left. Mm-hmm. and then finals thank you guys for listening all of our social links are in the description below follow us there and we will see you next week for part two Bye-bye. bye bye